0: All right, so here's the deal. We've done a a uh, we've done three weeks on prayer. Pastor Brandon has, and so we wanted to do sort of a recap. We thought it'd be fun to bring up the people who uh, were the wisest, who are, yes, yeah. So we got four of them, and uh, so so I wanted to go through a couple of questions that that came up, that different ones of us have asked Pastor Brandon or Pastor Meredith. And uh, and get some response. So you guys have mics and stuff, or what? What's up? Okay, there they are. Scott, you know how to do that. So we got to pass them around a little bit. No, no. You don't Not cough what you... into the mic. No, I don't know what to do. <laughs> Speak to. Right. Oh, no. Okay, good. I got it. Check, check. And don't do that either. Uh, <laughs> what's that? Don't quit your day job. So. Uh, so we got a couple things. Uh, we had three weeks. Uh, week one, a new approach. Week one, talked about approaching God. We can't. We tend to approach Him trying to receive something rather than getting to know Him. Right. That's what Steve was alluding to. Pastor Brandon had a great message on that. Uh, but he, and he, what he talked about contextually was we're like children who can come boldly. We're seeing kids ask for something. You ever have your child ask for something. They're they're not holding back. They're like, "Can I have this?" And then the second week was dismissing distraction. How many of us have ever been distracted, John? <laughs> I can do two things. That's a myth. All right. So so we talked about Jesus getting away to pray, right? And how important that was. He dismissed the crowd. That was, I was here for that Sunday. That was an incredible message. You and I took all kinds of notes. I'll be preaching that next week in Cleveland. I will be a genius. (laughs) And then uh, the third week, you think I'm kidding? Brandon's an amazing communicator. Week three, we talked about growing familiar with God's voice. How do we know his voice? How do we actually hear his voice? And uh, how do we recognize that in the midst of a chaotic world? All right. So I've got some questions and you guys have the answers, right? But you actually got a list of the questions. You just don't yeah. know which one I'm going to ask. So we'll start with week 1. Actually, let me just do this. Okay, first question, panel, Are you guys ready? What was the final score of the Green Bay Dallas game? You don't even know? Boo. All right. I thought the Packers we won. fan, the Packers fan would know. The only thing that All matters
1: right. is that the Cowboys lost. So Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. All right. I'm a All right. Friends. So now we've
0: got the panel down to now we have the panel down to three. Right? That was that was what that question was for. You just get the people out that you know have no wisdom. All right, just get them out of here. You know. All right. Okay, uh, second question. What was the title of Brandon's series on prayer? Speak. Ah, oh, come on, that was awesome. You looked. No. Okay, you actually knew. You're a Facebook person, that's why. Way to go! That was good. It was called Speak. Is a great, great title. So, in week one, we talked about approaching. And so, here's the question: How do you how do you approach God in a way that you're not just asking for stuff, but you're actually trying to relate? How do you start that process? How do you build that in your life? Let's start at that end with you guys.
2: I think one of the one of the first things is just to be very grateful and thankful for who he is and what he's doing. Because I think if you start there, you acknowledge, you know, he loves you. He's provider. He, um, yeah, you know, he. He created you because he wanted you. He wanted you around, and you're the focus of his love. And I, I, that just sets your mind, you know, at the right starting block. Otherwise, if it's just God, I really need this, and this needs to happen, so and blah, blah, blah. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: Pass the mic. Oh.
3: <clears throat> I, a relationship with God has never been disappointing, ever, mm. for me. Wow. However, I don't always get what I pray for, yeah. and wow. that can be disappointing. Yeah. Um, so when we don't get what we want, we can get disappointed. And if my relationship with God is about... The things that I ask for, it's going to be rocky. <laughs> it's wow. going to be really rocky. Um, you know, I think of, I often think of, you know, when my kids ask for things, they don't fully know what they're asking, and so they yeah, don't always good. get what they want. I, you know, I can't give that to them because it's not good for them. We have to know that God is infinitely wise and all-knowing, and we, yeah. we might not get everything that we ask for, yeah. and, but... With the relationship, we will always get forgiveness. We will always get wow. grace yeah. and mercy and peace and joy. And that's always fulfilling.
0: If we, got, if we always got what we wanted, we wouldn't get what we need. That's really good. Yep, that's good. And uh, All right, let me go to the next one. Because my daughter, Lindsay, who you know very well, uh, she wanted a pony, so I got her one. That was crazy. <laughs> Wasn't it? All right. That's another story. All right. And it, and it died. True story. It died. (laughs) Wrote on it four times, you know, like, all right. So, so dads have to be wise too. All right. Let that be a lesson to you, man. All right. So now, uh, how does the concept that he's, that, that we approach him as father, how does that change that thing, Chris?
1: So, um, You know, in Romans it says that we have the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. So internally, my spirit already knows that I am a son of God and I am trying to learn how to walk in that sonship. And that example would be Jesus. Jesus, you know, the disciples said, hey, show us the Father. And Jesus said, look, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And Jesus was the example of what a son and father relationship should look like. Wow. And so, for me, if I'm trying to walk in my relationship and grow in my relationship with Father, I've got to look at the way Jesus walked with him. And that communication, that was always open. And even to the point where, like you were saying that you don't always get what you want, you know, this whole saying, if you can't trust God's hand, you got to trust his heart. Yeah. He knows what's best for me. Yeah. And you know what? The good thing is is that Father's got thick skin. So, if I get mad, (laughs) he can handle uh, your stuff. Let's just be honest. I've gotten mad and I've raised my voice and I've screamed at Father, going, I don't flip and understand what you're doing here and I really don't like it. So, please help me understand that. And guess what? He doesn't get mad because he's dad. And there's a relationship there. If I'm going to a CEO, yeah, all right, get mad, fire me, whatever you want to do. But you can't fire family. Well, you also does not have to
0: hire him, so that's (laughs) (laughs) that's another deal, yeah.
1: So, you know, that's the way I pray, is like knowing he knows what I need, and I can come to him with absolutely openness and boldness going, this is my right as a son. I have every right to jump up into your lap. So
0: in that relationship, I I, I remember uh, it seems to me it was a few years ago and uh, President Obama was in, in some kind of conference, and, and the phone rang, and he picked it up and stopped everything, and it was his daughter who had called him. I don't know. You guys remember that? And and like, I, I, I answer calls from my daughter in the middle of all that stuff, and that's like God our Father. He answers calls no matter when. Yeah. So in other words, if you're driving in your car and you pray, it still counts. Absolutely. Is that right? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Okay. Uh, let's go to the next week about distractions. Anybody ever start praying and get distracted? Am I the only one? Huh? Yeah. Rhonda, how do we handle, uh, how do we walk into, like Jesus got away, right? How do we handle, how do we deal with distraction when we want to really get close to God?
4: It's really hard because um, you have to deal with external and internal um, distractions. So even if you get in the quiet place, sometimes your mind is still going. Yeah. Um And I've found through time the best thing to do is to be thankful. Start by thanking him, acknowledging who he is, and that tends to tune out. Once I get into that place, that's quiet. Because I think, first of all, you have to find that quiet place. How do you find that that place? That mountain. That Brandon spoke. So you have to be intentional. You have to be intentional. You have to determine your devotion.
0: Oh wow! As
4: Brandon said. Turn um, to the person
0: next to you and say, did you yeah. write that down?
4: Because
0: <laughs> that was good. And, you wrote that, didn't you? Determine uh, also, your devotion. Also,
4: uh, it's a discipline. It, we, we have to learn it, and it's very, it's very difficult. Wow. Finding, for me, finding that place, that quiet place first, acknowledging him, thanking him, opening up my word, maybe starting with a devotion, maybe writing in a journal just some thoughts Wow um, those type of things get me fixed and focused on the father
0: and who
4: he is when I do that that tends to tune out all the things that would um, tend to distract me because the enemy doesn't the enemy doesn't
0: <laughs> we're actually getting rid of this one is that
4: Test, test, okay. Yeah, the enemy doesn't want us to spend that time with him. He doesn't want us to grow and acknowledge him and know who he is. He does not. So he's going to pull out every stop to keep you from spending time with him. But we have to press in and determine our devotion. So good. Find that time and that space. Start small. Five minutes. If it's even just calling his name. Because then we turn our gaze and fix our eyes on him. So That's we have really to good. find ways to do that.
0: Listen, write this down. The gap between where you are and where you want to be is called discipline. Everybody got that? And, and discipline involves, it's where the disciples came from. It's a disciple, discipline. And, and it's not a harshness. It's like an athlete that, that wants to win a game they don't hate themselves, you know, and so they're not working out because they hate themselves. They're not working out because they love the pain. They're working out because they want to win that game. Yeah. So that's what discipline is. So that's really good. Determine your what? Come on, somebody. Determine oh, yeah. your devotion. Yeah, really good. That was great. All right. Uh, okay, so let's just stay on the same thing. Okay. How do you deal with distraction?
5: I've, I found that if I'm in a crowded place and it's very loud, and I'm trying to speak to somebody, I have to focus on what they're saying, and I have to focus on them. If I want to talk to Talisha, and it's very loud, I can't say, Talisha, Talisha. I have to draw near, and I have to focus on everything she's saying, and I have to look at her, and I have to absorb everything that she's saying, everything that I'm saying, and and I have to get as close as I possibly can.
0: Wow. That's really good. Uh, Focus isn't about greater intensity; it's about greater intentionality. Focus is about cutting away the things that don't belong. That is so good, man. Great word. So how do you? How do you? No, no, no. (laughs) stay there. So, so now you're focused in. What is it about being still that seems to enhance that connection?
5: I mean, why? Why? Why do we need those times? Being still is. If, if if I'm moving and I'm, I'm looking around, I'm, I'm distracted, I'm not paying attention to what's going on, we tend to forget how big God is. Mm. But if we remain still and we come to him in peace and meditation and we focus on who he really is, then we remember that the scripture says, be still and know that I'm God. And it's at that point that you know you're talking to God. You know who you're speaking with. You know how big he is. You know how powerful he is. Um, so, so when it comes to being still in the presence of God, for me, it just puts into perspective who I'm speaking to, who That's my awesome. father is.
0: That's awesome. Psalm 46. Mm. Beautiful. All right. Let's go back down that way. And, and let's do this. Have you ever been discouraged when you thought God was silent? How do you deal with it? Pastor Mike? That's you, you go. oh yeah. Wow.
4: Well, I thought about this, and um, I was telling Don yesterday, I have been in that place where I was discouraged, and not too long ago, um, it was after my first heart surgery, and I was told I was going to have to have a second. And I remember thinking, God, I can't go through this again. And I definitely can't go through this without you. And I had to pick a date. And it was so difficult because mm. I needed to know God was with me. Wow. God was silent wow. for a while. And it mm. was until the, and I, had, I picked a date, but it wasn't until the Sunday before the actual surgery, it was on Thursday, and it was in a church service, and we had a guest. And he spoke on how, um, he spoke on the heart, the laughter, doeth good like medicine, does good for the heart. And. The message was so totally for me. And then he began to have us laugh. I don't know if some of y'all were there when he did that. And I thought, oh, boy, okay, here we go. <laughs> and because I was watching, I was kind of laughing watching everybody else because he was just laughing after his message. You know, he said, we're going to laugh because Christians should have the joy of the Lord in any situation and circumstance. I don't know, do you remember that? No, oh, no wasn't
0: just... there, but I wasn't I, okay. there, but I connect with that, Rhonda, because okay. we're alike. We, we don't like... Well, this church in general, we don't do goofy.
4: Well, we've seen, I've seen goofy, so it shouldn't have been. you know, you understand what I'm
0: saying. (laughs) You know what I mean. It it shouldn't
4: have been unusual. I've seen goofy, but this was, you know, yeah, you're right. I hadn't seen that quite, you know, since i had been at C3. So, um, but I knew the message was for me. And so I'm kind of chuckling, looking around. And all of a sudden, I remembered a verse that the Lord had told me that morning. Count it all joy. Wow. When you go through trials, it's wow. the perfecting of your faith. And I'm not kidding you. I busted out in laughter.
5: <laughs> and then so I started crying good. because
4: I realized God had said, oh. I am with you. And I'm telling you, I went through that surgery and wow. I have not looked back. It Come was on. it literally was miraculous. So, <laughs> so you have to wait
0: <laughs> on God yeah. He'll show up. That is awesome what a great word and uh Chris how do you know how do you tune into the voice of God how do you know that you're actually like connected is it like like this thought comes you know I mean how do, how do we know that God's speaking to us specifically how do we, how do we know we're connected yeah
1: so the scripture does promise that he does speak and right. so I have to rely on that scripture um, you know the thing for me this whole phrase practice his presence um, and I know Brandon's made made reference to this. I am one of those guys that not every Sunday morning, but I'll ask Father, what do you want me to wear? And to some people that sounds kooky and corny, but here's the deal. When you're lifting weights, you don't just go in there and start lifting 325 pounds on a bench press. You don't. That's stupid. (laughs) So why the flip would you ask him, hey, do I need a new job when you haven't even asked him, hey, what should I wear? Because he cares about that stuff. So my, the way I've done it all my life, I've practiced his presence. Wow. Father, what about the small things? Yeah. What do you want me to wear? Wow. And so for me, father sounds like my thoughts. Case in point. So uh, I had many opportunities to disobey and obey his voice. This is one of those where I've almost disobeyed and it cost me dearly. Um, so our oldest daughter, she was like one and she was in the crib sleeping. And stupid parents that we were, we put like this bookshelf above her crib. So I'm walking through the house and this, this little thought, this, this kind of bubble popped up in me. Hey, uh, go check that bookshelf. It's about to fall. Shut up. You know, away from me, Satan. Yeah. You know? and <laughs> Accusation. So, yeah. Yeah. And so the thought came back. Hey, go check the bookshelf. It's about to fall. And like Samuel, I had to do it three times before I realized this may be Father speaking to me. Wow. And so, I kid you not, I kid you not, I can't make this up. Um, (laughs) I walked up to her room where she was sleeping in the crib. And a bookshelf was being held up by two nails. Do you remember this? Okay. Two nails. And it was little small nails that you put in sheetrock. One of the nails was just hanging by that little piece of paper on the front of the sheetrock. <laughs> it was literally, that's all it was holding on.
0: Wow.
1: And I, you know, I took the, took the bookshelf down and Anna kept sleeping silently. But it was right there that I realized I have to take those thoughts and I have to examine them and go, Father, is this you? And so for me, God sounds like your thoughts because he has to use your mind. So a fearful thought, we know that's not from Father. Because he doesn't operate in fear. Wow! Because perfect love casts out fear. So If if I have a thought, I'm going to die today. Come on, dude. That's that's not Father. That's not his spirit leading you or guiding you. His spirit is always edifying. It's always encouraging. It's always lifting up. So even when the voice told Paul, hey, there's going to be a shipwreck, Paul wasn't in fear. Because that thought didn't bring fear along with it. So to answer your question, I'm sorry I went around long, but For me, it's practicing his presence, learning to obey in the small things first.
0: Amen. So if you show up someday totally mismatched, we'll know you didn't pray. I didn't ask. You know, I'd be like, hey, dude, you didn't pray today, did you? (laughs) I'm sorry. I think of really bent stuff, you know, but so does Chris. Hey, so uh, you have a few distractions in your life, Becca. (laughs) It's your own fault. Uh, it is. It is. So, it was Scott's fault. So, how do you? No, seriously. I mean, really. This is four kids and stuff going, and happy birthday, uh, birthday, your youngest turned one.
3: She turned one.
4: Well, yesterday. so
0: cute. Yeah, I saw yeah. the photos. So, uh, how do you? How do you navigate that? How do you navigate that to where? You and Scott end up in a place of unity. And, you know, prayer has to be a part of that. Like, yeah. oh, God, you know, maybe yeah. occasionally.
3: We have a very structured life. <laughs> and I, I have to have that for my sanity. Um, so we have a schedule, and a part of that schedule is morning silence and solitude for Mommy. Wow. <laughs> um, uh, and it's, it's structured and it's scheduled. I, I know exactly what time it's going to be. Now, I, I will say having, you know, a baby, sometimes that is interrupted, right, even right. in the morning. Um, but most of the time it's not. Um, so it's very, very intentional. Um, I know what time. Wow. I know the first thing I'm going to do, I'm, I'm going to read a psalm. And after that, I know what I'm going to do. Because here's the thing with me. I, I have to have it planned. I used to, when I was in high school, I remember... You know, very very immature Christian. I'd have my Bible on my nightstand, and I'm going to bed. I'd grab it. Okay, Lord, I'm going to read my Bible. What do you want me to read? <laughs> okay, you just let me know what you want me to read, and I will pick that up and read it. And I, I might not have said that, but that that's was my great. attitude. You yeah. know, um, that is so and and good. that's just not how it works for me. You know, I, and there's there's. There's movement in that when you when you yeah. hear the Holy Spirit and you learn his voice. It doesn't have to be like this, 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 this. But I know what I'm gonna do to to practice his presence. And and that keeps me from being distracted. Because if I don't know what I'm gonna do, I will find anything to do. <laughs> anything and everything but what I really, really need. So
0: it's very structured. Oh so good. Hey man, great word. Scott, same question.
2: I think that uh when you are scheduled and structured, you, you have an opportunity to look forward to something to build up to something. Um, for me, uh, most of the time that I try and grab is either right in the morning or during a lunch break, uh, at work. And, you know, I'm just praying. I'm just talking to God throughout the day. It's like, Lord, what do you want to do at that time? You know? And I get to, I've got extra time. I got margin to listen to maybe where that's going to go or what that's going to look like. Um, but yeah, for me, it's scheduled, and it's got to be mostly quiet, uh, so it's got to be early in the morning before we let them out of their cells. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it really does kind of build some anticipation, and in a very, very good way.
0: Now I understand what structured means, all right? In your, in your kennels. There is you know. structural integrity yeah, in our yeah, house. Yeah.
2: Steel and <laughs> <That's> chain. The... <laughs> Just kidding. Totally
0: kidding. <laughs> okay. Have you found that, because you're a reader, you know, leaders are readers and readers are leaders, right? So you're a reader. Have you found that that helps you practice that, Does, lifts you up towards that intimacy with God?
2: Yeah, because I I fully believe that uh, if, I know my memory is not great, Uh but I know that my brain can retain a lot. I, I can't always grab it when I want it. Um, I can't pull it up, but I know the word says that the Holy Spirit can do that. Wow! And so if I fill my brain with all kinds of stuff that I'm reading, yeah, I, I'll get through a book or a chapter and you ask me, what was that about? Uh, I really don't know. Uh, but I know that so I forget, but I know that the Holy Spirit can bring that up in due time to teach me a lesson in a particular situation, to, you know, and it'll just pop in there, but I've, I've put it in there, and I so that's that's what I believe. That's how I operate. I'll chew through books. I'll go through them quickly. I may not remember them, but I believe that the Holy Spirit can use it.
0: That's awesome. That is great. Yeah, I, I listen to podcasts. Mm-hmm. How many of you listen to podcasts? And I'll listen to Phil Pringles, and so, you know, a little thing comes up, little green thing, bang, new podcast, yeah. and uh, hit that thing, and, and uh, be on a stationary bike, and, you know, just listen, just getting built up in faith, you know, just hearing a word on faith, and it just builds me up, and read something like K.P. Johannan's book, or something like that, bam, you know, just, just those things to build your life up, and yeah. reading Proverbs every morning. You know, that's an easy one. Read Proverbs every morning for the day of the month. Today's the 29th, Proverbs 29. and, and I do that because that's easy to remember. Yeah. and uh, so I do that every morning. I've been doing that for years. My dad taught me that and those. Give these guys a hand. Thank them. I want to close with uh, just a couple uh, comments on this because I, I really do think, and I know I think the first part of that mess of the series is online, but get, pick up that series and get it into your heart and spirit about, i give you a couple things to write down. Pray with confidence. 1 John chapter 5 verses 13 through 15 says, My purpose in writing is simply this, that you who believe in God's Son will know beyond the shadow of a doubt that you have eternal life, the reality and not the illusion, and how bold and free we then become in His presence. Freely Asking according to His will, sure that He's listening. And if we're confident that He's listening, we know that what we've asked for is as good as ours. That's the message, 1 John 5, 13 through 15. See, we, we, we can pray knowing He's bigger than any situation. That whatever it is, He's larger. Ephesians 3.20 says this, says, now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or even think to ask. In other words, what God does for you and I, it's is what uh, I think Scott was talking about, one of them, uh, Becca, they were talking about God knows what we need. And we'll pray too often what we want. But he's our father. He knows what we need. He's a good father. There was a guy named Nehemiah in the Old Testament and uh, he ended up rebuilding the city of Jerusalem. He was a slave and he was a bartender of the king and when the king finally saw his plan and he had this plan of rebuilding the city he went, went to the king and the king said okay I'll back it. He said but I want to give you something else. So I'll give you an army to travel. And it wasn't in Nehemiah's plan but the king knew He needed an army. See, our father knows stuff that we need. See, Nehemiah didn't know he needed that, but the king knew, and the king had an army. Our father knows what we need. Solomon, 1 Kings 2, it says that Solomon asked for wisdom. You know that? It's a famous sort of story, and God says, I'll give you what you need. You're taking over the kingdom for your father, David. Solomon says, I want wisdom. God says, you asked for the right thing. And in 1 Kings 2, it says this. It says that God gave Solomon wisdom and understanding and largeness of heart. In other words, he gave him something he didn't know to even ask for. He gave Solomon wisdom, understanding, and then said, but you're not big enough today to fight tomorrow's battles. So I'm going to stretch you. I'm going to give you greater capacity, largeness of heart, because you're not big enough to contain all the wisdom I need to give you. Gideon is another hero. He's a young man, and you, most of us know the He's in a hole in the ground threshing wheat. And I would imagine Gideon's prayer is, get me out of here or save my life. He's in there because he's in fear of getting killed by the terrorists that are occupying the area. And he's in a hole in the ground, and he's praying, get me out of here. And God spoke over him something he didn't even ask for. Looked at him and said, you're a mighty man of valor. So the intimacy of knowing God means that he actually loves us as a father loves. So we pray towards that. Here's what the Bible says in Romans 8. It says, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us. With groanings, that cannot be expressed in words. People who pray. What you just heard, what you just saw, and what we just felt were people who have grown large hearts. Do you sense that? Larger spirits. They're not going to be shaken by small mundane things. God gives us that largeness of heart, but it happens in times of intimacy. It says in the word in Ephesians 1 it says, He's so rich in kindness and grace. He purchased our freedom with the blood of His Son, forgave our sins. He has showered us with kindness. Another translation says, He lavished on us His love generous, generous people reminded of King David and King David was a young guy remember this when he was 13 years old King David gets pulled out of the crowd I mean, out of nowhere Samuel shows up says to this guy Jesse says hey, I know you've got some sons one of them is going to be the king so Jesse brings out the sons that he knows one of them is going to be the king And guess who wasn't there? Right? David. Why? Because Jesse said, "If this is his dad. His dad said, if anybody's going to be king, it won't be David. His earthly father didn't pull out of him what was in him. But his heavenly father saw it. Watch this. See, because some of us never had a father who pulled out of us that love and mercy and grace and said to us that affirmation of a father said, you can do this and you can make it and you're something. There's something special in you. I see greatness in you. We didn't have that father, but our heavenly father says, I'm that father. That's the beauty of intimacy and relationship with him. So here's David. He's 13. And it doesn't. Samuel says, hey, there's got to be another kid because it's not one of these guys. And Jesse's going, well, man, I can't figure out who it is. I do have another son. David and David comes in. Samuel says, that's the guy. It's the one in the margins. God uses people in the margins. So many of us feel like it couldn't be me. I couldn't be that person. And other people have said that about us, and we've said it about ourselves, but God says, you're the right person. David comes in, he anoints him, and then what does Jesse do? Sends him back out again. and goes, dude, I don't know what just happened, but you go back out with the servants. Three years later, three or four years later, he's bringing food to his brothers who are now part of the army. There's a guy named Goliath, and Goliath is walking out every day, and it says that he's the champion for the Philistines this group of people that have come up against Israel and they're in a battle and they're, they're, on, they're in this valley and they're on either side of this valley and, and every day Goliath comes out and he's this giant from Gath. And uh, when they dug up Gath, what do, what do they call those guys that dig stuff up? The? Archaeologists. Archaeologists, thank you. Just fill in the blanks. And they dug up Gath about 30 years ago, and the only thing they found of the culture, normally they find paintings and writings and different things, the only thing they found of the culture of Gath, you can look this up, uh, were beer mugs. It's true. Beer mugs. So I'm thinking Goliath from Gath is like this really tall, bad drunk. And he's coming out every morning going, hey. Right? And he goes back, takes a nap. Goes back out again. Hey. And they say he's the champion. He's the baddest guy in the place. And so what they what he did every day is he came out and he challenged Israel and he said, Send me your champion. And not listen, not one man in Israel thought that was him. Not one man in his heart had the identity of that's my name until David showed up. And David, having been intimate with God, killing a lion and a bear, having spent time singing songs and walking in the desert and being close to his heavenly Father, his Father in heaven, had filled his heart with his presence. And when he heard that word, where's your champion? He goes, that's me. 17 years old. Everybody else goes, no, 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 no. He goes, no, no, no. That's me. I heard my voice. I heard, he called my name, champion. That's me. That's who I am. It's identity. So when David ran to the battle, as he ran towards Goliath, says so he ran towards him. I just see David running towards his identity. I'm a champion. That's who I am. Because my father said, that's who I am. Let's all stand up together. I want to read a couple of scriptures over us and then we're going to sing into this thing he ran into the fight Romans 5 says he says we have troubles and problems and hardship and they produce patient and unswerving endurance and endurance develops maturity of character and character produces confident hope of eternal salvation everybody say confident hope confident hope confident hope that's him that's our Father in heaven. Look, at, here's what it says in Psalms. And then we're going to sing to this song, Kyle. All right, what's that song we're singing? Build my life. Huh? Build my life. Fill my life. Build my life? Build. That's what I said. <laughs> Build my life. Amen. All right, watch this. Psalms, it says, He is the God who is not silent. Hebrews, He is the God who will never leave you. Come on, somebody, give me an amen. amen. Psalms says, He is the God of unfailing love. Luke says, For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Jeremiah, for thou hast made the heavens by the great power. Nothing is too hard for thee. Come on. Isaiah, no weapon formed against you will ever succeed. John 16, I've told you all this so you have peace. On earth you'll have trials, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Come on, somebody. Matthew 11 says, are you tired, worn out, burned out of religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover life. I'll show you how to take a rest. Walk with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy on you. Keep company with me and you will learn to live freely and lightly. Come on, that's our Father in heaven. Father, we thank you for your grace, your mercy, your loving kindness. Build in us. Your grace and mercy in Jesus' name.